Welcome to Next Gen Movement, our sole mission to empower tomorrow's leaders by harnessing and unleashing collective wisdom, lessons and experiences of thought leaders within the community. If you're tuning in, welcome to the Next Gen Movement. Our next guest has a mission to lead good leaders to greatness, as well as she's known for her charisma and high energy. Amozwa Iziraman is an executive intelligent leadership and neuroscience-based life coach with the focus on emotional mastery, helping executives, entrepreneurs, and new leaders understand how brains are wired. Essentially, she teaches you how to be the CEO of your brain. So it's my warm welcome to introduce Omozwa Isiraman as our next guest for Next Gen Movement. Welcome, Omo. Thank welcome, you very, very Omo. much for having me, Tuff, RJ, and Zach. Nice, I feel very honored to be here. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Um, doing a bit of research and actually knowing you for like, probably about six months, I think we, when we first connected, um, mm-hmm. it was only meant to be 15 minutes. I don't even remember that. And it went for like two or two hours or so. Yeah, um, it was over two hours. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, like, and likewise, <laughs> uh, I'll be guilty of that one as well. And just understanding who you are as a person, it, it I guess there was a lot of synchronicities um, just because we, we did align so much. And one thing I did find about you that really piques my interest is about adversity. Um, I guess what I'm really wanting to know is what I found you, you mentioned a lot on your site about whatever phase you are in now, I want you to know that you can be fully human and anyone can crawl out of the darkest well. I would love to know your perspective on that, on how you bring light to the topic, especially for leaders, because I've noticed, and I think a lot of people have also noticed that leadership in leadership, it can have this maybe this preconceived notion where you got to be always tough, right? And for you to go, you know, we're going to embrace a little bit of vulnerability, which actually piqued my interest. I would love to know your two cents on that. Yeah, um, that's quite an interesting question. Um, You know, adversity. In life, we walk around with this, uh, there's a notion that everything has to be wonderful. Everybody has to be nice to me. If not, uh, I will feel bad. And every action I, I take, um, well, there has to be a positive outcome, positive reaction from people. People are to cheer me on. If not, I feel bad. This will make me feel like I'm not enough. So when, when life happens, uh, um, just because we've got these notions and expectations, it makes we, 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 people have a, a tough time in just realizing that what just happened is a call for us to take action. It, it's life happens. It's not that life just said, I'm going to pick on you right now to break you, to, to twist you. And this could be on a personal level or in a professional level. If you're a leader and you are responsible for a team, um, yes, you've got the title leader. Okay. And uh, this does, you, you don't lead alone. You, you, you have to interact with people. They're humans. They've got their own thoughts. Um, so if they don't do what you expect and you think, okay, this is terrible. They don't respect me. I'm not enough. You end up reacting instead of responding. You're, you're, not, you're not taking the time to figure out 
how how can we create a setting that is a, is a win-win situation for everybody you just feel it's bad it's terrible and also you fall into this victim space isn't it i think that's the worst when you fall into a victim space that uh, disenables you to be creative to be innovative you know what do we expect of a leader a leader is uh, expected to shake people to move people we think of them as very charismatic wonderful and when you've got the great title to it superb but in my work what i try to 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 help people with is is really to 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 understand that all those things have underlying attributes things that are connected to your moods things that are connected to your feelings and your emotions and how you interpret what you feel because that is what you spread that's what you share that's how you influence people that's how you motivate them so if everything that you think is um, when life happens and you go adversity and you, you, you jump a step, you jump a step and you just interpret and you react. Something is missing in that equation. Mm. It's not really the adversity that has done the outcome, the consequences of how you react. Nobody did that to you. Literally, you just did that to yourself. And it's, we're humans. Mm. So my, what I, what I love to do is to sort of like help people understand that you can't jump steps. You, you can't jump steps. When life happens, you need to sort of kind of breathe and literally think about what just happened. And, and, and go from the fact that we all have rational beliefs, rational way of react, of, of interpreting things, but also irrational ways. And the irrational ways, my grandmother always said when, we were, when I was younger, she would say, Is this a lizard or a dinosaur? And before you react, before you say anything to what just happened, right? This, this, this event, ask yourself that question. Because if it is a lizard and your, your reaction or how you, how you, you know, behave is more like you are fighting a dinosaur, <clears throat> you will struggle. And if it's a dinosaur, but you're treating it like a lizard, you will struggle. That's all it is. So that's, that's the thing with adversity. I think adversity is such a it's, a, it's a very strong word, you know, and, and people have this connotation to it, like, oh, adversity, bad, it's there to break you. I see it more as a call. Mm -hmm. I agree. Be mindful. A call to be mindful <laughs> and then respond. Almost, uh, that was uh, an amazing response. Mm -hmm. to, to Tove's question and it kind of gave me goosebumps because this conversation really sits in my wheelhouse. Um, I have historically really struggled with emotional agility. Life has a lot of sharp edges for me 
and it's taken me a long time to create that space between event and reaction. I move more into fight or flight, and I, 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 t I have some awareness around why that is, but I won't go into that today. But I know that part of my interest in this particular subject um, and my passion around state management is because of my own journey and my mm -hmm. own struggles. I'm really, really interested to understand what piqued your interest and kind of sparked your passion around this subject, around, you know, around emotional mastery. What was it for you that really made you want to, to, to go into this path? Mm. Um, I, people who know me know that I've always, I, I, I always talk about the fact that God blessed me with, the universe blessed me with a field of humans. I've always, you know, I'm not from finance. I don't like numbers, you know, numbers don't like me. Um, <laughs> but I've always been exposed to humans. And I think that at the beginning of my career, I never really knew what it was. I just knew that I got along with both male, female. It didn't matter where you came from. I mean, most of the time I was like almost the only black working wherever it was I was. Um, and I, I developed this human thing. I speak human. That's it. I don't speak numbers. I don't speak politics. I speak human. I, I wake up and I think I'm alive today. I'm human. I had a mom who would, uh, you know, when growing up, I had four sisters and uh, these sisters were more from, you had these, um, nomads that traveled around Africa and they had a lot of children and my mom had a hairdressing salon and she would then tell one of them you know when they were passing her shop she would say give me your daughter let me educate her you can come back in one year and pick her up I'm always here so I grew up with four sisters I don't know where they are today but I knew that mom would come and say hey this is your sister we eat at the table together. We, when we, you know, in Africa, we, we always wear the same attire. She said, all of us wear the same thing. We ate the same thing. We sat in the same car. She sent them to school. So growing up like that um, meant that I realized that instead of labeling things as bad or good, seeing people with different backgrounds, but still they, they, they smiled and they, they, they were present in themselves, no matter what happened. And growing up, a lot of things happened, but people would still smile. Um, somebody's house kind of got burgled. Everything was taken. But those people still said, well, thank God we weren't at home. We're alive. Um, I, I have a friend who experienced the loss of, 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 of her twins. And today I still see her and she smiles and I see someone who um, um, lost her whole family. I don't, I share this with Turf in the, in the talk we had about how this woman uh, said, I asked her, how are you? Are you here with your family? And she had said, well, I lost my family in the tsunami. Until that woman told me that I always thought that she was the happiest woman right. on earth. Mm. So that's why I say adversity. That's why I say I learned it from through people who had experienced what I felt was awful, was, was there to break you, but to see how they rose and how they stood up despite 
all of that. And that attracted me. How is it that you can experience the worst thing ever, but you don't lose your humanity? How is it that some people can just absolutely still have this positive effect on humanity? They make it a point of duty to say, that happened to me. But one thing I am is human, despite all. How is it that you can lock someone up in prison for over 30 years and still this man comes out and he doesn't walk, you know, Nelson Mandela, he doesn't walk out and say, I hate the world because I was locked up. Rather, he spreads more love. He spreads compassion. He says, we are human. And that is how, one way or the other, um, I feel the universe attracted the teacher who, who introduced me to emotional mastery. And uh, I was like, what is that? And he said, don't you want to know that, you know, if you, if you feel jealous or if you feel angry or you feel frustrated, did it ever occur to you that maybe there's a message? I said, a message? And yeah, I, I was curious. I'm very curious when, it's not, when it has nothing to do with numbers. Um, and I delved into it. And I, I, really, I really started to understand how a lot of the things we do, literally everything we do, starts with your mood and emotions. It determines how you feel. And it's how you feel that will determine the decisions you make, how you communicate, how you relate, and how you interpret. Mm. There's nothing as powerful. I'm a, I, I want to um, kind of pick that apart a little bit and, and, and get your thoughts on how someone... Um, I guess I had a conversation with a few people. So I'm a real estate agent, right? And okay. um, for us, there is a lot of rejection in the industry and I kind of relate it very much to an entrepreneur or a startup, right? You know, when they're, they're building their business, they're building their client base, there's a lot of rejection, a lot of knockbacks. And with that comes a lot of voices and um, stories our heads tell us in terms of, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to get this. And I feel like when I was in that space um, probably six years ago when I was starting out, there was a lot of comparison to others in terms of, you know, I'd look at people that were doing really well in our office and go, you know, they're kicking ass. Um, How come I can't get there, if that makes sense? So what my question is, is is, um, there's there's a lag period, right? I think within every... Um, journey of success. You got to do a certain amount of work and get mm-hmm. a reward before you get any reward. And and why is it? Do you think that that people? Because I see it in our industry, they they start and they do you know the work for maybe three months or four months, and they don't quite get the results that they think they were going to get, and then they throw in the town. They they go and yeah. find another job or something. You know. And again, relating that to the entrepreneurial side of business, why is it you think people can't persist with that? Um, And is there any strategies that you could, I guess, give the audience to deal with that a little bit better? Mm, I like that question. Uh, there's There's a lot to that. 
I want to start first with the word expectation. Every, people, people do things with an expectation. And I feel that the danger in that is that um, if you already map out your expectations of something, it, it, it really affects every action you take. Because you're going to, you have an expectation of something. Let's take now, okay. As an entrepreneur, you're told if you work hard, 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 and then one day, hang, three months, six months later, you're just going to be so fantastic and everybody's going to love you, okay? Now, the more you think that, uh, that's your expectation. Everything you do, every way you, the way you communicate, the way you relate to people, the decisions you take will be based on the fact that your outcome is that expectation you've mapped out. So who do you learn from? You learn from someone who, is, uh, who, who has that picture, who lives that life that you think is yours. And you try to do what that person does. But what do you know what that person does behind four walls? There's what you see, and there's what is beyond the obvious. Do you know if that person stays awake till 5 a.m. working? Do you know if that person has 10 people working for him or her who help him to promote his or her business? Do you know if that person inherited a lot of money? So actually, he can afford to, to, to boost his ads on Facebook for example, yeah, or what, whatever. There is always more than the obvious. Yeah. And when we now focus on that expectation, of course, you, you set yourself up disappointment because you are trying to be something that you're not. You're trying to achieve something which may not even be aligned with, with who you really are. So you try, you try, and you become exhausted. And I like to call the amygdala, the, I like to call it the uh, inner mind chihuahua, your best friend. It doesn't, it doesn't really check out if it's true. Is it a lizard or dinosaur? It just thinks, I can sense how you're feeling, mm -hmm. and the way you're feeling is not good, so that means there must be a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. There's danger. Mm. So when you feel danger, you always feel, should I freeze? Should I flee? Should I fight? And I really have to say, living like that is so exhausting, right? The inner mind chihuahua is just like totally crazy. <laughs> oh, this is a disaster. What can we need to make 300 you've got to whisper i suffer from tinnitus on my right ear and it really some when i'm stressed it really is buzz, 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 buzz. it robs me of my sleep on some days okay and you imagine you have a, a, it's like a horror movie that doesn't end if you have that inner mind it's triggered everything you try even before you try to say, oh, oh, don't do that. Mm -mm, you can't do that Facebook ad. No, no, no. Oh, oh, don't buy that suit because I know the other guy looks beautiful in it. But oof, if you buy that, you, you, you don't know if you're going to make money tomorrow. Fear. Mm. And worse than the normal fear, which 
keeps us cautious, mm. which warns us and say, be careful before you make a decision. Uh, the second order feelings, they are the ones that make you so frustrated. You're afraid of being of, of failure. Not only do you fear failure, but you're afraid of fearing failure. Then you're afraid and guilty that you were afraid of failure. But you want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be like every other person. Okay. Uh, I mean, do you see that going down the well? You're trying to climb up and then you see you, your brain tells you, oh, look, Oh, you almost, it's, it's like running. It's like me running after Toph. If we were in a marathon, you know, and maybe Toph would have a tired moment and I catch up with him, but then, you know, he has his inner tactics and he starts running. How frustrating is that to run your life and your business like that? Mm. I don't know what he, I mean, he has a, a, you know, a diet. I'm sure he exercises every day. And obviously, you know, I, I might not do that. But how can I expect mm. to perform the way he does when I don't know what he actually does to maintain mm. his ability, his results? And so that's why people give up because you're being everything but yourself. Mm. Everything but yourself. You're not even taking, you know, I spoke to somebody who absolutely flabbergasted me last week, uh, Stephen DeSeder. And he said something which every time I wake up in the morning is the first thing I ask myself. He said, people stand on the platform of life and in front of the mirror of life. And they look and see their reflection. And what they do is that they look outside to ask anybody passing by, who am I? <laughs> Is that heavy? That's, that's heavy. That's, that's heavy. heavy. I like it. Right? Yeah. Who am I? Can you look? Can you look there and tell me who you see? <laughs> and that is, that, that's, it is beautiful, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's exactly the point. If you live your life like that, of course you will give up. It doesn't matter what you try. It doesn't matter if you've got a master and a double master and a triple master. It doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter your skills. If you live your life like that, you will give up because you're not doing it from a space that you actually understand. You're doing it to be like him. So the question is, where are you? Who are you? Because if you know who you are, and if you know what you feel, and if you are able to dispute what you feel when you feel what you feel, mm. then you will be energized and you track. And you will know if I go off track, it's okay. I'm going to peep. Hmm, don't like what I see. I can come back. And I am okay because it's not what's the outcome it's not that's not the problem the problem is how do you interpret what you are feeling on your journey how do you interpret it because if it feels like danger yeah i mean that's that's you you will burn out you will break down the the negative talk can only get worse and and weaken you and make you feel like 
you are losing. So whether you're on, entre on an uh, entrepreneurial journey or you are a junior manager and you want to become a senior manager and then you, you actually envision yourself becoming a VP, it's the same thing. If you are becoming a VP because that person is a VP, well, <laughs> yeah, you need a lot of energy. Mm. A lot. Oh my God, going back, um, to the amygdala, so the fear center of the brain, um, essentially fight or flight. A lot of it does come from reaction versus being reactive versus proactive. And you mentioned that earlier on, uh, I guess my question, um, I, I noticed like even going back to the best generals of war, they have a great proactive approach, right? It's, it's like a belt suspenders kind of, um, mindset where they build redundancy or so plan a, fails at least i've got plan b and so on and so forth um this this actually ties in with i'd love to dive deeper because it ties in with the community question uh mm -hmm. dennis murphy from dublin he asks what are some good questions to ask ourselves before we enter a negotiation so that we increase the likelihood that we are taking on our needs and the other person's need into consideration mm. i like that mm. I always say a negotiation, uh, there has to be a coordinated interaction. Oh. A coordinated interaction. It's sort of more like I am going to enter a meeting and you're entering the meeting room and um, we are going to have a dance, okay? And I don't know how you dance just yet, but either way, I can't dance faster than you. <laughs> And I shouldn't be dancing slower, right? We should find a middle point. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to enter into a, a, a negotiation room, um, we don't. There are there are things we can influence, and there are things we can't influence, right? So the way other people actually feel when they are entering that interaction, we we can't control that. But we can maybe affect it with the energy that we send out the mood mm. the mood everything uh, the mood is the underlying energy so what can i influence is what is my uh, do i have my self talk under control am i am i going am i going into this interaction with the right thinking mm. you know what, what, are, what are the emotions that are going in? Do I have resourceful emotions with me? Or the way Omo would say it is more, have I told the inner mind chihuahua, thank you for warning me to be cautious, but now I need you to sit in your little basket. You've got a cookie, you've got your water. I have got this. And then you activate resourceful emotions, not ones that are telling you, oh God, do I remember everything I need to say? Da, 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 da. Trust that you're prepared. You have the information that you need to know about the people that you are communicating with, but more that you are breathing, right? So I always you ask for a, a strategy. Your, your feet on the floor, flat. If you can do this outside before your meeting, that's even better. Somewhere where there's sort of, you know, green. Mm. feet on the floor and you breathe in and out 
as slowly as possible. You do this about seven times. Mm -hmm. Just breathe, release your body so that you actually have enough energy. Your brain needs oxygen. Okay. The more it has, the more you will, you will, um, you will find that you're not going to panic. You're not going to start when you, when you don't breathe and it, it triggers the amygdala. Okay. So you have to do, what can you do to make sure that it doesn't become triggered that, you know, I'm not going into war. Mm. I'm going into a human setting and I have a good message. And I want a win-win for me and the person I'm talking to. So you see, you activate positive emotions, resourceful emotions that will help you to, like you said, if I say this and that doesn't work, I'm breathing. Um, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I can imagine that they might not accept everything I say, but I'm okay with that. I'm ready for that. Mm. That is a realistic expectation. So I'm not going to panic when they say, I don't like that. I, I don't agree with that. You just change your approach. Yeah. And so, so that, 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 that's really important. Know who you are, know what your message is, do your due, uh, you know, get the information that you, you need to have. But you need to control yourself and you need to be quite aware of what is the inner self-talk right now. Because if it is in any way unresourceful, people will feel the mood with which you come in to the setting. And like I said earlier, the mood is the underlying energy that you send out. It's the underlying energy that people will feel. You know, can you imagine... Um, uh, uh, a company who is trying to make people buy their products when the the mood in the company is one of shame. It's going to be very difficult to if if the people within the company who are supposed to sell the product if they feel shame, if the mood is one of shame, they're not going to be very good at that, right? So that is what is important in the negotiations, if that makes sense. Um, you, does, that, does that answer your question in any way? I don't know. No, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it really does. And you bring up so many interesting points. I mean, you bring up the point around companies having really a, 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 a spirit. And some companies do have a spirit that is sick. And I do believe that some companies have a, a dynamic spirit. You bring up attachment, which I think is really important. I think that personally for my emotional agility, the level of attachment that I have to outcomes or to my emotions is paramount. And I think that's something that you've been talking on throughout the conversation really is riding the waves of what's happening versus buying into everything that we think is happening to us. Mm, and, I love that. And, and I think that's such an important point. And I want to touch on that mm-hmm. through a question from Toby because what, what Toby, Toby is somebody that engages with us quite often, so he always has really good questions. And <laughs> I wanted to get his question out to you. It was, 
where is the balance between showing passion, your enthusiasm and emotion, but not allowing it to cause you depression or sadness if people aren't buying into it. So he's talking about vulnerability, I suppose, and exposing himself without the downside of going into a full meltdown if it isn't realized. Yeah, yeah. Remember at the beginning I said that somehow we have this formula, I do this and what I expect is people to cheer me up and applaud. If not, I feel bad. Uh, Everybody has to like me. Because if they don't, if I put in effort, I will feel bad. And actually bad things should not happen to me because if bad things happen to me with all the effort that I'm putting into something, I'll feel bad. Again, it, it, it links to expectations, the expectations I have. And so that directs one's thinking in such a uh, very unproductive manner, I would say, than if you say, I've got a message. I know who I am. And I want to share this with the world because I know, like Tuff once said, I think in our first talk, Tuff said, if I touch only one person, if I change with me just being me, with me sharing my story the way I do, if I touch only one person and that changes that person, that contributes to that person uplifting themselves, then mission accomplished. It's the same thing, right? It doesn't change. When you you have a, yeah, I know, I hope so. (laughs) It's it's really, um, if you, if, if this, you have a story, you have, you have something that you want to share, you are opening up, but your, your intention is not because you want to go tick, 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 tick. I did that and I met my expectations, which has nothing to do with me, but with every other person. You're right. Stephen DeSate also said something which I love, which I think complements the standing in front of this uh, mirror of life. He said, you know, consider yourself a train. You should be okay if you stop at a, at a train stop and some people get off and some people don't even get on. Then it just means you are not their train. It's not your path. Mm. They're, they're not supposed to travel a journey with you. So if you're sharing, if you're being open, and you're not doing it because you expect people to get on your train or to just stick with you, but you know you can touch some people, the people who are meant for you, the people who are to be your students or to be your teachers, because it's sometimes, you know, it can, it can change. Not everybody is your student and oh, not everybody is your teacher. Omo, and just, if you just, can just embrace just on that, that Omo, it, just on that, um, that was a big reason we started the Next Gen Movement, because we found that within the businesses that we operate in, not everyone is your tribe. Oh, no. You know, and I have this tendency to think everybody wants the same thing I do. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. And it's such... No. 
valid point what you're saying. It was a major reason that we all came together to do this. It's because mm. I personally needed my day job is quite good and, and it, it, you know, it's fantastic and it's fun and we do a lot of dynamic stuff, but there was a need that I, I needed addressed. And that was doing what we're doing has enabled me to meet that need. And it's such a, I just needed to really point out and, and kind of validate what you, what you just said. That that's that's empowering yourself, and that's just being true to yourself. And you know, you you don't you're human. We are all human. I mean, seriously, we don't need there. We don't need to go to the university of humanity. Yeah, I mean, it's in yeah. you. It really is in you. How awesome is that? Mm. How awesome that you can just tell yourself, "I am enough." Can you repeat that again? I am enough. The university. Which, Can you say that? Yeah, again? yeah. You don't have to go to the University of Humanity. Yeah, you're human. It's in you. It's just. It's in you. You don't need to study it. You don't need to go to a university for it. You just need to like remember, re and a hyphen member. Remember, you're you're more like a scattered ball. Let's put it. Let's sweep it all together and let's actually see what is my form. What is my what drives me? What, 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 what do I like? But what do I love? Because of me. Because I can see me. And I can look into me. And I can feel me as a person. And I know that if I look back in my job and people used to say, how is it that you get along with everybody? And I said, because... I just love the fact that the easiest thing I know how to do is be human. And because I speak human, if you're speaking to someone who is also human, it will flow easily. And some people will say, you know, Amor, you're too happy. You, all, all this deep thing, can you talk normally? And I say, well, you know what? It's like Netflix. You will not watch all films and TV shows. No matter, even if, you, if, even if you decide to shut off from life for three months, you still will not manage to watch every film. Yeah. The same thing with humans. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody, and when I say like, I'm not talking of, oh, let me hug you. No, no. You need to understand not everybody is your student. And not everybody, uh, you're not, every, not, you know, everybody, not everybody's your teacher. Just... Just be okay that on your train, the people who resonate with your message in business, whatever that is you're doing, if it resonates, they will travel with you a long way. If you're in an organization, if you have people together, you will say, what, why do I need to think about emotional mastery? Well, an organization where people come together for that to actually function, for them to move together from the, from the present to the future, for a leader to motivate people and get them so enthusiastic that they want to go on that mission. There's got to be trust. Trust is, is an emotion. So yeah, 
trust in yourself, but you need to know who are you trusting? Are you trusting the somebody, the person who is trying to copy and be someone else because it sounds groovy? You know, I, a lot of people say, I want to be like Beyonce. I want to shake my hair and dance like that. That woman works hard. Mm. I mean, she, she works hard. She dances on shoes that I cannot even stand in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's hard work. <laughs> you understand what I mean? So, so, so it's sort of like, again, I always say in my message, there's what you are communicating there's the result that you want. There's the result that you can have, but there's the result you want. To have the result you want, you need to know from what space you're communicating. Mm. Okay? You're an organization. You want to grow, sustainable growth. You've got people who are doing the job. If they don't trust you, if the mood is not one of trust, you're not going to get far. If you have a product that you're selling, if, 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 if you don't believe in it, how are you going to, you know, if you don't touch the emotion of people, people are not going to relate. People, people relate to being human, being real, not acting. People can sense it. Some people will go along with you and some people won't. And in, in business, if you want everybody to like you, if that is your goal, mm. 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 no. Yeah, maybe you will be satisfied once, twice, but then I think at some point, even you will get bored. Because the brain needs diversity, novelty, right? You can't keep on doing the same thing. At some point, it's going to say, hey, come on, play another song, you know? No, thanks. Thanks. That's a that's a elaborate and very very good answer. <laughs> Give, giving me a lot to think about, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I am. I guess before I ask the last question, Omar, I just want to commend. Like every answer you've given us today, I've known you for forty five minutes or fifty minutes now. <laughs> I, I can just see it's your authentic self, and I guess that was the underlying tone I picked up from a lot of the answers you had around if you're just yourself and you have no attachment or expectations to anything, you almost can't help but succeed because it's going to happen the way it's going to happen, right? Yes, it will. People, you don't have to put in effort, burn yourself out, destroy your energy, your mental energy, trying to be or do something or achieve something by force. You're human. We, we are... Emo, you know, emotions, it's energy in motion, energy in motion. And how can you affect people to just, wow, you know, I, I, I went to a Mary J. Blige concert and I remember she, she sang and that was the day I tried to wear heels. That's where I knew I could wear. <laughs> but I had heels on and uh, I, I didn't feel my feet. I didn't feel my feet till the end of the concert. How... It was so amazing. Right. Fantastic. I sang and it was, it was, I just knew in that moment, this woman captivated me with each and every song. She's just got by such being, a voice on her, doesn't she? 
Yeah, oh. but she was herself. She wasn't yeah. looking like, oh, is my hair yeah. straight enough? Yeah. Where she was sweating, she just sweat. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah to that. But at the end of the concert, of course, I couldn't walk as fast as people needed me to, so they had to go get the car. But I learned one thing. I learned one thing. And I use that in everything I do because I notice how is it that I go to a restaurant and our food didn't come on time and this lady had a big pan of paella and I was looking at it and she said, would you like to try this? Here's my fork, it's clean. And I go, oh, that's lovely. How nice of you. And I tasted her paella. My colleagues then were like, oh my God, can you do that? And I'm like, the fork was clean. The paella was hot. She <laughs> offered. We're human. It's not like I ate the whole thing. But the point is, if we focus too much on being perfect, how things should be, and we live a life like that, then my question is, who determines those things? When do we as humans individually say, I want to live on my own terms? I want to define my own terms so that I can breathe, so that I can be, so that I can coexist, and so that we all can thrive. Phenomenal. Because life is not a struggle, should not be a struggle. Omer, before we before we ask the last question, um, just want to give you the platform. We do have to wrap up, but like, what to give yeah. you? Uh, can I give you thirty seconds to plug whatever you've got? So it could be any projects you've got coming up. Maybe you've got any programs. Um, maybe it's a social media, or maybe it's your site. What do you have to offer to our community? I will. I Thank you. I will soon be launching my emotional mastery and communication group coaching courses soon. Mm -hmm. And I have the Courageous Human program. So if anybody wants to check that out, I'll be announcing that more on LinkedIn and on social media. But my website is really easy to find. It's omozwa.com. And there you'll get all the information that you need. We'll link everything in the show notes and yeah. on the video as well. Omo, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank, thanks for... Uh, the conversation and I can say that I can feel your power and your presence and your energy through the technology. And I would just love to get on a plane and fly to Luxembourg, catch up with you in person. Uh, maybe, maybe when I have a billion dollars to put in your banks out there, I can get out there and we can, we can catch up with you. I can definitely feel not see, but feel why, you do what you do. And I think that you have a level of empathy and an ability to draw in people's emotions, whether it's negative, positive, and kind of almost radiate out back positivity. I think that you've got a, a, a profound sense of stability in your being. I can feel that from here. Thank you. And, uh, we're definitely going to have to have another conversation and probably <laughs> TOEF will make it a two hour conversation. Yeah. There's so much more that I would love to dig into, but Absolutely. I have one last question. Um, a lot of our listeners range in age from baby boomers down to millennials. And the whole point of what we're doing is really to um, disseminate knowledge and connect intergenerational 
learning, I suppose, uh, and enable that. So if you can impart one piece of game-changing advice to the next generation, what would that be? Drop the labels, breathe, <laughs> operate by being human. Because human and being human and making your goal more to affect human positively is more important than affecting human with labels. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Omar. We really, really, I'm, I'm super grateful for your time, honestly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>